That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to Game 3 of the NBA Finals in which the Denver Nuggets march into South Beach and steal Game 3 from the Miami Heat 109-94 to in a game that was historic in so many different ways. At the time of recording, it is Thursday morning, just before 9 o'clock. It's uh, in real time here <clears throat> as I sit in front of this microphone and try not to lose my voice. It's uh, it's 8.50-something, okay? Uh, I am going to try, uh, as, I, as I've talked about in previous episodes, um, not to uh, get too carried away uh, from a volume standpoint. Um, I still have a three-hour radio show to do uh, and, and a couple different hits uh, around the country to do later uh, this morning. So I'm going to try not to over-project my voice. So keep that in mind. May have to turn the volume up just a little bit louder, um, but we'll see. <clears throat> I'll probably leave caution in the wind and lose my voice. Um, <laughs> that's probably how that's going to go. 109-94, Game 3, a massive uppercase W for the Denver Nuggets. History will tell you that when a series is tied 1-1, to uh, the winner of Game 3 goes on to win 80% of the time. Uh, if Miami goes on to win Game 4, we'll be doing the same math again because NBA history says when a series is tied 2-2, the winner of Game 5 goes on to win 82% of the time. So it's just it's stages. There's levels, levels to this. But the Nuggets, uh, most importantly, steal back home court advantage in the biggest basketball game in the history of the Denver Nuggets. This is how this goes, right? You've never been on the stage. Each game is going to carry just a little bit more importance here uh, moving forward. So when the chips were down, the Denver Nuggets answered the call in the most ferocious type of way. I mean, first of all, the most critical portion of the Nuggets' output in Game 2, in my opinion, was their effort. And that was called out by Michael Malone after the game. Just to be clear, that's not to say that they didn't play hard. It's the NBA Finals. Of course, they played hard, but they had more Western Conference Finals energy. They did not have the absolute starving, rabid, dog, off-the-leash type of mentality. And that translates to, <clears throat> I'm not just talking about, like, when I when I, you say effort, like, I'm not talking about just, like, diving for a loose ball. I'm talking about the discipline and focus. That, for me, is all filed under effort. Uh, the, the discipline and the focus to go find guys when the shot goes up. Don't be, don't be a, 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 a passenger. Like, go find someone. Go drill someone. Uh, put someone on their ass if they come down the lane. I'm talking about getting in passing lanes. I'm talking about being focused on backside rotations and 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 backside help and making sure you you are where you're supposed to be. Like all that stuff was lacking, I thought, in game two and was totally buttoned up in game three. And what we saw from Nikola Jokic, 
with the entire world watching, have arguably the greatest NBA Finals single singular performance in NBA history, NBA Finals history. You could make that argument, okay? It, it may not be a winning argument. Maybe maybe you could find some 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 trump card somewhere else in NBA history. I know they're out there, but what I am saying is that you can put Nikola Jokic's game three, 32 points, 21 rebounds, 10 assists, two blocks. You can put it side by side with anyone. Over 50% shooting, nearly perfect from the free throw line, 50% from three. He's shooting 50% from three for the playoffs. Nikola Jokic is redefining what NBA Finals greatness looks like. This is a guy who now has debuted in the NBA Finals by starting with uh, game number one, <clears throat> game number one, having a uh, a 27-10-14 triple-double, game two scoring 40-plus, and game three having a 30-20-10 triple-double. That's never been done. We have never seen a 30-20-10 triple-double in the history of the NBA Finals. So it doesn't matter if you've been watching NBA uh, a, a playoff basketball, the, the NBA championship every year, and you are, say, you're my grandpa's age. My grandpa Ortiz living there in Buffalo, 93, I think he is this year. <clears throat> uh, if you're my grandpa, you could have been watching NBA, the, the NBA Finals every year of your life, and you saw something last night on Wednesday, June 7th, that you have never, ever, ever seen before. On 12 of 21 shooting. Over the course of 44 minutes, uh, Jokic was legendary. Uh, you are seeing the goats of the game around the country bend the knee to what Jokic did on Wednesday night. It, it just the 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 embodiment of historic. I have some stats for you <clears throat> that I want to pass along. Uh, just while we're here on the Jokic topic instead of waiting till the end. Uh, through 18 games in the 2023 playoffs, Jokic is now averaging 31 points, 13.5 rebounds, 10 assists on 55% shooting from the field and 47% from three. He has 10 triple-doubles in 18 playoff games. And the Nuggets are 14-4. and four. During those 18 games, 14 and four during this run. It is a dominant run. And under that umbrella of a dominant run, you have just an absolute Tyrannosaurus Rex running around in the NBA finals. So in these finals, he's now averaging. um, And I tweeted this. Let me make sure I get the um, let me make sure I get the numbers right here uh, in, in real time. Jokic is averaging. 33, 14, and 9. I'm going to say that again. Nikola Jokic is averaging 33 points, 14 rebounds, and 9 assists a game in the NBA Finals. Guys, he's already scored more than 100 points in the Finals. That 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 happened when there was still time on the clock in, in game, in game uh, 3. So... We are seeing something we've never seen before, and then you, and then you, and then you mix in the factor that. Um, and, and actually, let me pay off this this other stat because this is too good not to not to uh, 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 mention here. 
in the history of the entire NBA postseason, there has been five 30-20-10 games, okay? Five games where someone scores at least 30 points, has at least 20 rebounds, and has at least 10 assists. Just five, okay? I can count it in the whole history of the sport in the NBA postseason. I can count the performances on one hand. I'm putting my thumb out. The first performance is from Wilt Chamberlain back in 1967. The second performance is from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the Eastern Conference Finals back in 1970. The third performance of a 30-20-10 game in NBA postseason history gave you the first two. Wilt's won, Kareem's won. Jokic in the 2021 Western Conference Semifinals. Jokic in the 2023 Western Conference Finals. Jokic in the 2023 NBA Finals. Meaning that in the history of the NBA postseason, of the five 30-20-10 games ever, Jokic has three of the five. Three of the five. Two of them are here in this playoff run. It's one of the single greatest playoff runs we've seen in the history of NBA basketball. Anyone, say their names. Say it out loud. Wilt, Kareem, Shaq, Giannis, LeBron. We've never seen anything like this ever. And now you pump in the fact that Jamal had a 30-point triple-double as well. What in the actual... Jamal and Jokic are now the first teammates in NBA history, regular season or playoffs, to each record a 30-point triple-double in the same game. They're also the first teammates to each have 30 points, 10 assists in the same game since Clyde Drexler and Terry freaking Porter back in 1992. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Jamal Murray, off the heels of a lackluster 18-point game where he just didn't didn't show enough force, I asked for more killer. Like he just um it wasn't a bad game, but it but it wasn't um it wasn't what was required in 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 game number 2 in a game you lost by 3 on your home floor. I didn't think just I didn't think Jamal Murray was was him. I I I didn't think he was him. He comes back in game three, 34 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists on over 50% shooting, 50% shooting from three, seven of eight from the free throw line. How about Jamal and Jokic going 14 to 16 from the stripe? Don't discount it. Don't discount it. Um, Jamal was fantastic. I mean, some of those threes in the first half, remember, <clears throat> remember he hit the two threes in like a two-minute stretch in the second quarter. When the second three went down, um, and I think that one was at the end of the shot clock and, and Bam Adebayo was draped on him and it was just, it was, it wasn't a, quite a heave. It was a step back. He was going right. He was on the left wing. When that shot went down, that was like a, that was a moment for me. That was a moment for me of like, I think they got this. I think they got this. Jamal's here. Jamal's here. Once he made his second three, um, <clears throat> there was a lot. There was a lot to this game, and I have a bunch of notes on the game, um, but I don't even think I'm going to go through them because I, I, I don't want to get bogged down in um, too, too many details. And, you know, I'll, 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 I'll go through some of them. Look, the, the, the officiating was bad, uh, especially in the first half. I, I thought Denver got a really unfavorable whistle in that first quarter. I mean, the Bruce 
Brown foul on Gabe Vincent on that three-pointer on the right wing. Gabe's like throwing out his legs from behind him. It's just a terrible call. I mean, just, just just a terrible call. There was another one on Jokic trying to create space with Cody Zeller. And, like, Zeller, like, you know, flops a little bit, and, and the refs called an offensive foul. That that was that was just bad officiating. And then in the second quarter, I actually thought the Heat had it worse in the second than Denver had it in the first. Just, just a bad whistle. Um, I love the way that Jokic approached the game, uh, just being aggressive no matter who was guarding him, whether it was Bam, whether it was Kevin Love. I mean, he was finding guys early. He had a he had a pass to Aaron Gordon on a seal early in the game that was like Patrick Mahomes finding a, 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 a receiver coming across the middle and just putting it through a coin slot. Uh, Jokic was just on a freaking mission. And that entire conversation of like, oh, you just got to make Jokic a score. It's just, just, I don't want to get carried away and sound like Spolstra after, uh, after game two. Pardon me while I take a drink. Um, the, the 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 idea that that hey, just make Jokic a scorer and and that's the recipe. Context is king. You guys go back and look, and because the the, the stat was hey, um, and, and I, I'm not I'm not being dismissive of it. That we we talked about it. There was something to it that hey, every time Jokic scores forty uh, in the playoffs, the Nuggets lose. Zero and three in this postseason run. Zero and four uh, overall historically. But go back and look at the, the the three this postseason. He scores 43 against Minnesota in, in the first round series in game number four. He scores 43 points, right? He did it on 58% shooting. The Nuggets blew that game. The Nuggets were the biggest reason they lost that game. They lost 114 to 108 in overtime. They just, they, 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 they coughed the game up. It wasn't because Jokic was a scorer. Jokic went five for eight from three in that game. They didn't lose because Jokic was a scorer. They lost because they were unfocused and blew a sweep opportunity, okay, in game four, and they lost it in overtime. Fast forward to game uh, four in the Phoenix Suns series when he scores 53. Denver lost 129-124 in a game where Michael Porter Jr. shot like two of nine from three and some other guys struggled. So, like, again, he shot 20 for 30 in that game, shot 67% from the floor, scored 53 points. To think that that was the reason that the Nuggets lost? Like, what? And then in game two of the uh, NBA Finals, in the third 40-point performance, they lost by three. They lost 111-108 when Jokic scored 41 points in a game where KCP played terrible. Jamal shot it poorly from three. Michael Porter Jr. was dreadful from three. Uh, 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 KCP fouled multiple three-point shooters. I mean, and and Miami shot 49% from three. So what was the reason that they lost game two? Because Jokic was a scorer? Or because all that other stuff happened in context under that umbrella of game number two? So... I think that got overstated a little bit. We've we've done that a couple different times with Denver in these playoffs from a narrative standpoint. Like, oh, it's it's um, you know, the Lakers found something there. Like in game number one, they know, yeah, they, they, it, they won, but you know, you just got to put Rui Hachimura on Jokic. <laughs> Look at what Jokic is doing in these playoffs. To think that that was a thing a couple weeks ago, Rui Hachimura. Was, was, was going to be the Jokic stopper. AD playing free safety, that'll do it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hysterical. Um, so anyway, 
Jokic has a monster offensive game, a monster triple-double. We could put that narrative uh, to rest. Jokic had 10-7 and seven in the first quarter alone. Uh, we got to see Reggie Jackson in this game. Good seeing you, Reg. Um, <clears throat> uh, KCP was in some foul trouble. KCP is 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 struggling. Um, there's no other way to put it. There's no other way to spin it. He's just been um, on a milk carton. Now, he got himself going a little bit late in the game and, and, and got to put some points on the board. But if you look at who he's been in the NBA playoffs or uh, NBA finals after uh, on the heels of who he's been in the playoffs, He's just been the worst version of himself. I mean, there's no way to slice it. Seven points in game one, six points in game two, six points in game three, and he's doing it on dreadful shooting. He's now two of nine from three in the finals. He's now five of 12. He's now five of 16. He's shooting 31%. Uh, He's been bad. Um, I'm not going to, you know, and what got him the six points was the four free throws, I think, all, all in the fourth quarter, I think. Um yeah, his minutes are down. He's not shooting it well. His confidence looks low. Uh, let's keep our eye uh, on that because uh, that's 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 been uncharacteristic to put it to put it lightly. Three games in a row for a guy that's been one of the Nuggets' best players uh, here uh, in the NBA playoffs. Um, let's talk about uh, let's uh, let's get to some more of these notes in the first half. Um, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and KCP combined for six points, and the Nuggets still had a lead. Um, One of my biggest takeaways uh, of this 109-94 victory is, like, some of the um, team stat stuff that the Nuggets overcame, um, mainly the five made three-pointers. If I told you ahead of the game that the Nuggets would shoot 28% from three and make just five three-pointers, um... What 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 direction would you thought that game w- was going to go? Um, probably the wrong direction, right? Now, what if I said I've been to the future? Not only are the Nuggets going to shoot in the twenties uh, in terms of three point percentage, not only are they going to make just five threes, but the Miami Heat are going to have four turnovers total in Game Three, tied for the second fewest turnovers ever ever in an NBA Finals game. What if I told you those two things and just those two things? That the Nuggets would shoot in the 20s and make five threes. Uh, uh, and when I say in the 20s, I'm talking about the variety from three, the uh, 28% from three, and make just five threes. And Miami would have the the least amount of turnovers, the second fewest ever in an NBA Finals game. What would you predict the score would be? I mean, they lost by 15, guys. With both of those things being true at the exact same time, Miami lost by 15 points. That is insane. That is remarkable. And that just goes to show you um, everything that Denver did do. Not what they didn't do, but 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 what they did do. Um, let's talk about Christian Brown. We've gotten too far into this podcast without uh, addressing what we saw from the rookie out of Kansas. I, this guy's just like my favorite nugget. <laughs> and I'm being a prisoner of the moment. I'm letting myself be that because it's the NBA Finals and uh, this is a blast. Uh, Christian Brown had a 15-point game off the bench. That is the most points. And in just 19 minutes, by the way, that is the most points for a rookie in the NBA Finals since Sam Cassell back in 1994. Okay? Brown was 7 for 8. His one miss was the worst miss of the Finals so far. He clanked it off the side of the backboard. But that dude... 
was just nails. And he may have had my favorite play of the entire game three. In the midst of Joker's 30-20 triple-double. In the midst of Jamal Murray uh, joining him with a 30-point triple-double just the first time ever. Ever, 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 ever. In the NBA's history, over 129,000 games have been played in NBA history, we never saw two 30-point triple-doubles. Okay, I know I already said that at the top, but just just to, just to, just to set, just to reset the landscape of the Christian Brown stuff because we have a we have a we have the first ever 30-20 triple-double game in the history of the NBA Finals. We have the first game in NBA history where two guys uh, have a 30-point triple-double and somehow somehow it might be remembered as the Christian Brown game. Because he goes for 15 points off the bench as a rookie for the first time since Sam Casella in the Houston Rockets in 1994? Are you kidding me? But this is how this goes when you have a great team. So often, I'm going to take another drink here. Another sip of coffee to try to soothe my throat here. Um, I'm sure it'll work. Uh, So often when you have a great team, and we made this analogy over and over and over with the Colorado Avalanche a year ago, back to the 2022 Cup run. It's like, who's the best player? Well, Nathan McKinnon. He's got to be, right? Or is it Kale McCarr? Well, it's one of these things where, like, Nathan McKinnon's the best player, but Kale McCarr's, like, the most important player. But then, wait, wait, neither of those two are the leading scorer. That's Miko Rantanen. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true, that's true, that's true. But also, Val Nachushkin has been actually their best player in the playoffs. And it's one of these things where it creates like this like massive web of discussion. But that's what happens when you have a great team. You argue and debate who was the second best player in that game. Who was the best player in game three? Who was the most important player? So you have all this stuff living in the same universe. And it's all true at the exact same time. It's not one definitive right answer. I mean, Christian Brown, you could actually argue Christian Brown won the game for them. Despite uh, uh, the 30-point the triple-double, 30-20 status of Jokic and Jamal. And, like you could, and again, I don't know if it's a winning argument, but you could make it. But that's what happens when you have a great team. You never know where that next punch is coming from. And on Wednesday night, Christian, Christian Brown landed a couple freaking haymakers. And you just love to see it. So competitive. Stealing that basketball, going coast to coast, throwing it down with the right hand, barking at the fans in South Beach. Are you kidding me? Christian Brown is ready for this moment as a rookie for a coach who doesn't even like a rookie, doesn't even like looking at rookies, let alone playing them, let alone playing them in the playoffs, let alone playing them in the NBA Finals for 19 minutes. Seven for eight from the field. Wow. What a game from Christian Brown. One that cements him, I think, on the NBA's um, uh, um, awareness, like, landscape. Right? Like, we, we know Christian Brown. We know Christian Brown well. We've, 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 like, look, we've covered this guy's, you know, talked about him when he was drafted. Checked in on him every time he has a big game. But the NBA world doesn't really know him like that. And so for him to get introduced on, on, on that type of stage... Guys, it's legendary. It's legendary. So you just love to see it. You, do, you just love to see it. 
Um, now let's talk about uh, some things that didn't go as well. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, guys, I, I don't know. I don't know what you do with him. I, I'm not going to come up with the answers here on this podcast. But MPJ has shrunken like a hundred percent cotton shirt in the dryer on high heat after a 14-13 game one in which he shot it poorly, right? We know that, but he, he did all the other stuff so well, but he shot it terribly, okay? He was five for 16, two of 11 from three in game number one. He followed that up with two of eight and one of six from three in game two. And now he's followed that up to the worst performance yet, one of seven from the field, uh, 0 of 2 from 3. So we're now looking at MPJ in the NBA Finals is shooting 25% from the field. He is missing three out of every four shots he takes. He is shooting 16% from three. He is now 2 of 17, 18, 19. He's now 2 of 19 from three. It doesn't get much worse. It doesn't get much worse. Um, so you can't bench him now, right? I don't think so. I think they're going to roll him back out there. But you're seeing his minutes get reduced game over game. 43 minutes in game one. That got chopped down to 26 in game two. And that got sliced even further down to 21 in game number three. So from 43 to 26 to 21. Um, it's bad. Defensively, he looks lost. Offensively, he looks like he has absolutely no confidence. And I think he tried to talk himself into, uh, was it the first shot of the second half for him? Or maybe it was after his his long uh, bench stint in the first half uh, where he came back in and tried to attack the defender and do a step back from like 14 feet on the left short corner of the floor. Um, and it wasn't even close. He had a three-pointer. It wasn't even close. Um, I don't know what you do with him. Um, I, I think you got to put your chips on him one more time and bet that he that, that he bounces back. At, at least he was a little bit more active on the glass, um, but that was um, that was the worst yet from from MPJ on the stage. So he's averaging now seven points uh, in the NBA Finals. That's more that's been cut down by more than fifty percent from the Western Conference Finals. Um, I mean, this is this is this is the worst. This is the worst that it's been. Uh, here in this postseason run. Um, I don't know what Michael Malone does. I think the trust is zapped. I think the trust is absolutely zapped. Where, like, Christian Braun, that trust is now growing. Um, Michael Porter Jr., I, I have no... Like, it, would it shock me? And I said this yesterday. We had a fan, you know, Game 3 war room where we have, like, a panel of, of people um, weighing in on, on, on all things Nuggets Heat Game 3. And I said, think about the wide range of um, um, outcomes that we could be in store for tonight. I said, if I went to the future and I said, Michael Porter Jr. has a 21 points and he made four or five threes uh, and it's the ultimate bounce back game after the five point game two, would you believe it? I was like, yeah, yeah, of course you would. We've seen it. That's that's what he did uh, game two to game three in the Phoenix series, scored Five points in game two, and then in game three, he pops back up for, for 21 points, which is why I use that example. I said, but if I also told you that uh, he didn't score and was benched, would you believe that too? It's like, yeah, that's a problem. When you're that much of a uh, variable, that is a problem. And unfortunately, the latter happened. 
where he goes one for seven from the floor and 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 scores two points and is is benched for large pockets of the game. Not sure what's next. Um, that guy needs an injection of confidence. His body language too. It's terrible. It's terrible. It was terrible in game two. It was terrible in game three. He says all the right things in between games, but I don't know what the recipe is for 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 getting that guy right. Um, I really don't. So. We're going to continue to watch it. We're going to continue to analyze it. We're going to continue to be critical um, where it's warranted. And it's warranted right now. He's got to play better. He's one of the worst um, members of this of this playing group right now. Um, that's not a sweeping prediction on who he's going to be in game four or game five. But uh, that's who he is right now. So we're, call, we're just calling it as we see it. Um, I want to give a little bit of credit to Jeff Green, too. I think he's been really good uh, in these NBA finals. Uh, if, you, if you're just looking at the stat sheet, it may not say that that's the case. But Jeff Green, um, he's, he's, been, he's been good. He was good in game two. Uh, and I thought in, in those little pockets, uh, he was good in game three. And that's all he's needed, right? He's, he's, he's 36 years old, right? Me, me and Jeff Green are the same age. That's disturbing. Um, humbling for me. Um, but he's been good, man, and he deserves a, a, a tip of the cap. He really does. He really does. Um, okay, uh, we're going to leave it there for now. Uh, I'm beyond excited. I, I'm just, I, <laughs> I've fallen into the trap that I try to warn fans about, but ultimately I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the game, um, of of being too much on a roller coaster and maybe 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 in the midst of reacting to the games, overreacting. But it's the NBA Finals. It's it's normal, right? I'm not going to get too apologetic. It's normal. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back from a confidence standpoint. Um, the Nuggets are just better. I'm back to where I was at the start of the series. The Nuggets are just better. Does that mean Miami won't win another, another game? They might. They might. I just don't think they're beating Denver three times in the next 10 days. I just, I don't believe it. I think we're having a parade. Um, it's uh, really, 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 really exciting. I hope you guys are enjoying this as much as I am. Um, it's a blast. We're watching history. We're watching one of the greatest players in NBA history. And don't, I've been on this train. I went through the entire, went, did a dedicated, almost singular podcast on how Jokic is going to vault himself into the 20 greatest players of all time over the next two weeks. I said it to the guys at ESPN Radio. I said it on CNN that over the next couple weeks, we're going to watch this guy solidify himself as one of the greatest players of all time. Not one of the great players in today's game. We know that. But one of the greatest players that the game, that James Naismith invented back in Springfield, Massachusetts, 100 years ago, I think that's where he invented it. That's where the Hall of Fame is anyway. Um, Jokic is one of the goats, man. Jokic is one of the goats, and it's 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 aging so well, um, that sort of forecast. And uh, with Game 3 maybe being the greatest example. It might have been the great, greatest game Nicole Jokic has ever played. Think about that. We're living in a unique moment. Let's uh, drink it in. Drink it in. Tastes very good. 109-94, Victory Game 3. Shout out Superbook Sports, proud sponsor of this podcast. Shout out you for being here with me on this podcast. Thank you for being here. Please tell a friend about this podcast. If you tell one friend, that'd help. That would help. We're cooking here. We're doing great numbers. Um, 
We're sponsored. Uh, please give us a five-star review if you think we deserve it. That'd be sweet. Um, this is awesome. This is awesome. The Denver Nuggets are two wins away from hosting a parade in Denver, Colorado. What a time to be alive. All right, guys, have a great couple days. Uh, Friday night is game four, and we are going to try our best to come in here over the weekend. Um, I've talked about this in uh, playoff series past and years past uh, to get a producer to come in here and produce it. Um, but I'm going to try. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to pay one of these guys under the table to come in over the weekend. Um, so game four on Friday night, whatever happens in game four, you already know. We're going to be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning into the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.